Hello everybody, welcome back to Sunset Happy Hour Club. I am your host, Mads, and thanks for joining us for another episode. Today, um, my main plan was we are going to talk about books. Lots of books. We were going to go through like my top faves, but then I've remembered that on Friday, Noah Khan released new music, and he is my current favorite, and so I did want to talk a little bit about that. So we are going to open up talking about him and then we're going to get into a little bit of a book chat after that. So stay tuned and let's get right into it. Huge, huge fangirl of Noah Khan. Um, I've known some of his like older stuff, not tons of it, but a little bit. Um, but then he started popping up on my TikTok and then his album came out and I became obsessed. And then now we've got the deluxe edition, which is like seven new songs and they are all jams. It's like if you're a Noah Khan fan, it's Sad Girl Summer because while they're not super happy and peppy, they are great to jam out to, but they are all a little bit sad. But I think that's kind of some of the appeal to Noah Khan. Um, is that like his songs are very real and like raw. I personally am somebody who really listens to lyrics. Like that's what I focus on in music is the lyrics. Um, and I think if you're like me and that's what you focus on. It makes it really easy con to connect to him if you are somebody who has struggled with your mental health or are currently struggling with mental health. Because I think he addresses it in just a very real and raw way, which makes it feel like you're not alone. Makes you realize like you're not the only person who's going through this, which is always very comforting. Um, and so I do really think that is part of the appeal to him is that he definitely doesn't shy away from a topic that is generally kind of tiptoed around. Um, so I wanted to touch on a, my favorite song of the new ones, which is no complaints. And I think this one is my favorite because it's like the one that felt like it hit closest to home and like resonated most with me. Um, when I'm going through struggles with my mental health, it's funny. So back when I had my blog, just a stoked, which is still up if you want to look at it. There has not been a new post in like years, but it's still there. Um, but I started getting comfortable talking more about mental health back when I was blogging. And I got to a point where I was feeling pretty comfortable about doing so in writing. Um, but now like doing it here on a microphone in front of a camera feels a little bit less comfortable than that. I guess when you're writing, you can kind of write it, delete it, alter it, change it before hitting post. And I guess while there is a little bit of editing to this, it's still, I don't know, talking about it out loud is sometimes uncomfortable, but it's something we're working on because most people go through struggles with it. And so it's not a bad thing to talk about. So we're talking about it. But so this one specifically, the chorus, I think, is like felt very personal. He says, I got a pet. No. He says, I got a paper and pen and a page with no space. I filled the hole in my head with prescription medication and forgot how to cry. Who am I to complain? For me, like this part of the song struck a chord in that like when I'm in a bad place mentally, like if my anxiety is through the roof, if I'm going through like a depressive state, I am a journaler. I write it out. Um, I think the last time I was in like a chunk of time that was not great was kind of the end of this past year going into this year. And so I adapted this 
kind of modified version of the morning pages practice, which if you don't know, is from, I believe the book is called The Artist's Way. I've never actually read it, but I've just seen this specific practice from the book all over the internet. And so I decided to give it a try. It's essentially, um, the first thing you do when you wake up is you free write, free journal, three pages, just stream of consciousness, get everything out of your head. I say mine's a little modified because sometimes it's not like the first thing I do in the morning or if I really feel like I can't get out three pages, I'll, you know, let myself stop short because believe it or not, it sounds like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to write for three pages easy. It gets hard. And then you start like second guessing the things that you're writing down, which is like kind of the point of the exercise, I guess, is just to like not think, just write, which as an overthinker is a hard thing to do. Um, But so when I was, you know, kind of going through it and I was doing this practice of writing out my three pages you know it becomes like chaotically writing 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 trying to get everything in my head onto paper whether that be just to get it out of my head or to like try to sort out my thoughts um so to me that's like okay I've got my paper and I've got my pen and I'm going to furiously write and now I'm left here with these pages that are filled with filled with words and thoughts and like he says there's no more space all out there and then he goes on to talk about i filled my hole in my head with prescription medication and forgot how to cry and as somebody who has been on antidepressants that line is just very accurate like there's nothing metaphorical about it like it's not a play on words it's nothing like it's just a very accurate statement like you forget how to cry when you're on antidepressants you stop being able to cry which is a weird at least for me was strange And like, I didn't love that kind of part of it. Um, But yeah, so I think that's the chorus, especially of that song just like felt very personal. Like I could super relate to it. Um, And I think that's why that one's my favorite song. Also, you know, of course, I agree with all the the TikTok girlies. Dial drunk, a jam. Again, it's a sad one. It makes me feel sad. makes me feel bad, I guess, for like the narrator in the song but it is super catchy and again like I said I'm a lyric person and I mean the like phrase at the end of the chorus I'll dial drunk I'll die a drunk I'd die for you it's really great wordplay so like if you like lyrics that's one that you're gonna really like um other thing like other lyrics that I just like from the album in general I guess um growing sideways I think is probably another one of my top favorite songs he says, I forgot my medication, fell into a manic high, spent my savings at a Lulu, now I'm suffering in style. And as a Lululemon lover myself, I have chaotically spent in Lululemon trying to make myself feel better. So that is one of those lyrics that you like scream, sing along with, because you're like, yes, I feel you on that. Um, another one I really like is, if the sun don't shine till the summertime, forgive my northern attitude, I was raised on little light. And again... As somebody who does struggle with mental health sometimes, with anxiety, with depression, as well as somebody who lives in the Midwest where it is basically winter nine months out of the year, my mood is greatly affected by the weather. So when the days start getting shorter and the weather starts getting colder, the northern attitude probably will come out, you know, maybe a little less friendly, definitely feel more under the weather um, then. And then the last one is super short and sweet. 
It's I'm Not Scared of Death, I've Got Dreams Again. And that is from his song, V Between Villages. And I just like that one because I feel like that one is hopeful. Um, like I said, a lot of his songs are very sad, for sure. Um, but this one just feels hopeful. It's, you know, it feels like you're coming out of something and you're, your motivation's back. You remember the things that you're striving for and you're ready to work for them. And so I just like that one. It feels a little bit positive. So yeah, if you haven't listened to Noah Khan, I would highly recommend the songs are jams. It's kind of like folkish music, I guess. Not like super folk, but in that genre. I would say like if you're like a Lumineers kind of person, you would enjoy Noah Khan. I would definitely recommend. All right. So now on to what this episode was originally going to be about, and that is books. Um, again, back to my old blog. Um, I used to have like a little segment called Rad Reads, where I would just talk about like the current books I was reading, ones that I recommend, um, ones that are just my all-time favorites. And I figured that would be a fun segment to incorporate here on the podcast because I do like reading. Um, I would say generally my favorites or like what I read the most is fiction. Um, ones that are like beach reads is kind of what I consider them. Something that's like light, romancy, um, generally kind of quick reads. Currently reading a book called Consumed. It's by Aja Barber. Um, and it's about the fashion industry and it's about, what is it? It is colonialism, like the environmental impact and overconsumption within the fashion industry, um, which is kind of similar to what we touched on last week with um, like minimalism and fashion. So if you haven't listened to that last week's episode, check it out. Um, but that one is definitely a denser book, um, definitely not a quick read, but I do think that we will probably have a full episode talking about it once I finish it because I do think that there's going to be some points that feel relevant um, as somebody who's running a apparel business and trying to do so in a environmentally conscious way. Um, but today I figured we would talk about my all-time, what I consider my all-time favorite book um, and that is Saltwater Buddha by Jamali Yogis. I originally found this book Honestly, I was just like scouring the internet looking for books that were related to like the ocean and surfing. Um, I think I was getting ready to go on a family vacation. So I was just looking for something to read on the beach. Um, but since then, this book has quite literally been around the world with me. Um, I think it's been on two trips to Bali. It has been spent six weeks in Europe through, I don't know, nine, ten countries. Uh, six weeks in Madagascar, you know, as, long, as well as just like family trips like this book is this book has seen the world with me um it is falling apart it's underlined marked up pages are falling out but i guess that's how you know it's a good one um obviously with that much travel i've read the book numerous times i think i always brought it with me like on my long trips because i would bring two books i would bring one that was a bit longer and something that i hadn't read before and then I would bring this one as like the um, one that I know I had read before that I really enjoy and that I don't mind reading again kind of thing. Because, um, you know, when you're backpacking around a long-term trip and you're trying to pack lightly, books take up a lot of space. So I would try to bring two, like one that I know I like to read over and over and then like one that was new and fresh. Now, I would probably just bring a Kindle, but that's a whole other conversation because I do think that as much as I ha do go through phases of enjoying my Kindle, there is definitely something to be said about like holding a real book, especially now that we all use technology so much. Like, and a Kindle, the screen on the Kindle is not 
a full it's not like an ipad screen like it is definitely different but there is definitely something nice about like disconnecting snuggling up into bed with a book or poolside or whatever with a book like a, just have holding in your hand there's definitely something to be said for that it is a good feeling um but yeah so what is this book about it is memoir style um it is about jamal's life and kind of how it always leads back to the ocean for him um it starts off when he's about i think 16 um and he runs away from home in california kind of inland california and um runs away to hawaii learns to surf and then from there you know we kind of follow him through his life as he grows older he becomes a monk for a while and then drops out of that he goes to california no not california he's from california um goes to new york for journalism school and goes through a dark place there and until he realizes oh like i'm not allowing myself to do the things that i know make me feel good which is spend time by the water go surfing and then he realizes oh i can do that in new york like that doesn't have to be just like a california thing or i don't have to run away to hawaii every time i need that um so yeah it's just following him kind of through different phases of his life and i think i've always connected with this book because as somebody who has never gone like the quote-unquote traditional path you know the you graduate high school you go to college from there you either go on to get another degree or you go out and you get a job like that's never been my path that wasn't a path that worked out for me and that's fine but i know now that it's fine i didn't always feel fine about that I think Saltwater Buddha was really great in that it's a lot of Jamal just kind of figuring it out. You know, he's trying different paths, seeing what works for him. If something doesn't work, he pivots, he tries something new. And I think it's kind of similar to like what I said with Noah Khan. It's very comforting to be able to see yourself in somebody else, to realize that like, you're not the only one feeling this way. You're not the only one feeling lost. You're not the only one feeling confused. Like you don't know where you're going because that is a common feeling, especially when so many of us are pushed that, you know, like I said, you graduate, you go to college, you get a job, but there are other paths and they're, it's very okay to take the other paths. They just sometimes take a little more figuring out. Um, and this is, I think always why I felt like I resonated with this book a lot. And I feel like a lot of times when I went back to reading this book, it was in times where I did feel super lost or like I didn't know what my next step that I was going to take was. And so it was always comforting knowing that like, oh, that's okay. You're like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to try something new. Like all you have to do is just keep moving and like it's just important to like make another step and try something new. Um, so I, in nonfiction books, am a big underliner, um, whether it's like facts or things that stick out to me. Um, and specifically, every time I read saltwater buddha there is two parts that i underlined every time both of them are actually at like the last like the last three pages of the book but they're just ones that kind of sum up everything i just said about feeling lost so our first quote is and that reminded me that it's not worth getting all stressed out about being lost or undecided lost is just a dream undecided is just a perception a mirage in life's vast desert and so that one was always just that reminder that it's okay to be lost. Like, don't let it stress you out. It's not worth being stressed out about. We all feel lost. We all sometimes don't know what next step to take, but just take a breath, take a step, 
even if it doesn't work out, at least you know then what you don't want. And then on the next page, he writes, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm learning to not want to be someone else, to just be who I am as is with nothing else extra added on. And I think that's just a good reminder that like, ultimately at the end of the day, as long as you are being your true authentic self, not trying to fit into the molds of what other people may think, like that is going to be one of the biggest things that helps you get to where you want to be. Um, so yeah, those are like two of my top favorite quotes. I do have other things in here that are underlined and stars next to them and whatever. And it's funny because every time I read it, I do end up finding other like new phrases that stick out to me depending on, you know, what I'm going through in life right then or, you know, I don't know, things like that. It's fun to see, you know, different colors and everything underlined from different times that I've read and being like, oh, for some reason that stuck out to me extra the third time I read it. But then the fifth time I read it, it was this. Um, so yeah, that is Saltwater Buddha. If you were looking for something beachy, but also something that's nonfiction that feels like almost, it's not self-help. It's not personal development. But I think it kind of leans into that a little bit just because of like the spirituality in it. Um, I definitely recommend. And it's also kind of a lighter read, which is nice. Um, I feel like sometimes books along the same line can feel heavy. But this one, I feel like still falls into kind of like a beach read. It still feels real, but it's still kind of light. The spirituality in it is nice, but not like super overbearing. And, you know, it all goes back to the water. And, like, for me, when in doubt, go to the water. If you're sad, go to the water. If you're happy and celebrating, go to the water. If it is the end of the day and you are ready for a drink with your friends, go to the water. That's, like, part of what the Sunset Happy Hour Club was created for. So, yeah, that is our first Rad Reads here on the podcast. Um, like I said, I do think we're going to end up talking about that book consumed that I'm t uh, reading right now, because I think it's going to be pretty relevant to like the business aspect of things. But other than that, I would love to hear what you're currently reading. Um, you can either head over to Instagram or TikTok and let me know there. Otherwise, um, we are on YouTube for the video version of the podcast. So you could let me know in the comments there. Um, we are everywhere at Sunset Happy Hour Club. And we will see you next week with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.